I V M. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Edges and Sledges Cricket Podcast. I'm your host Ashwin. I'm joined by DJ. It has been a disappointing day in cricket where we didn't actually get the cricket we had hoped, but we still have had an unbelievable week in some sense and lots to talk about cricket. So thank you for joining us. Thank you for tuning us in as always. DJ, we normally save this for the end, but I do want to make sure we start by sharing a couple of things. First off, if you're a listener to the show and do not follow us on the social medias, please make sure you, I feel like saying the social medias was such an old guy thing, but please make sure you do. We're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, etc. at one tip, one hand. That's the number one TIP, number one hand. Uh, we are pretty active. We have lots of fun there. We engage with everybody. And if you haven't already done it, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please make sure you leave, hit the five-star button, give us a rating, leave us a review. And we get some fun reviews. And when we get some good ones, DJ, we sometimes like to read them out on air. So do you want to start this week's episode by reading out one of our reviews that came in recently? Yeah, absolutely. What a lovely note to be able to start the show off on. Um, we had a lovely review from Sudha Srinivasan, five-star review. And she says, this is the most passionate fans point of view podcast I've ever heard. Being in the USA, I miss the water cooler chat at work about cricket. Edges and Sledges fills that vacuum up perfectly. I started listening to Edges and Sledges during the famous Australia Test Series in 2020. I could relive every moment with a smile or a goosebump while listening to it. I haven't missed even a single episode ever since. Good job, Triumph. So that thank you so much for that ringing endorsement. And for all of you guys, and we know there are lots of you who are listening to us, do write in and we will read out your reviews on air. So back to you, Ashwin. Awesome. Always great. What a wonderful way to start off the day. And with that, let's talk a little bit about the world of cricket. DJ, we are an Indian cricket podcast. We will probably spend most of the show talking about India versus South Africa. Series ended at 2-2. Unfortunate today. I was really hoping at today at the time of recording that we'd get a fifth game. Would have been nice to see either side pick up the trophy, but it was shared. So fun fact, South Africa is now uh, has, is now still undefeated in limited overs trophies in India since 2010. And I guess you could celebrate and say India went another PTM trophy undefeated. I actually, it, it is PTM trophy, right? I, don't, I just assumed that bilaterals are now PTM trophies, but maybe they're not. Unclear. I have no idea. <laughs> doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, but again, bilateral where we didn't lose, so we'll take that. So you and Varun got to talk the unfortunate two matches. You and I will get, get to talk the two wins, which is great. But I do want to talk first about what is happening in the, the nation you currently reside in, which is England cricket. First off, let me, let me, before we get into the match, let me start with how unbelievable is it that there's a, an England 11 facing off against New Zealand, the current World Test champions, and the, I think still the number one ranked side in the world. And at the same time, there's an England 11 touring the Netherlands. And gosh, on paper, it's one of the best red ball teams right now and one of the best white ball teams both happening at the same time. Like they're just, the depth is unbelievable. Do you think this is the future of world cricket where the big nations just have simultaneous series to make room for all the T20 leagues? I mean, I think Jay Shah said the same thing as well, didn't he? That he came out and said in the future, we'll be looking to have two separate teams that play white ball cricket and red ball cricket at the same time. Probably off the back of the announcement of the two and a half month IPL that he said, I think the IPL window is going to be official soon by the sounds of it from what Jay Shah said as well. Also off the back of the incredible rights auction that took place, making IPL the uh, most valuable league, second most valuable league in the world, right? After I think it's the NBA, which is top 
followed by now the IPL. It's more valuable per match than the English Premier League, which is, I mean, that is an incredible stat. But anyway, uh, yeah, back to your question. Yeah, it could be a way of, of fitting even more cricket into the into the calendar. Have two separate teams representing a nation playing white ball cricket, one playing red ball cricket. Having players specialize e- even further in their various um, various formats, but um, I mean, as we'll talk later, I'm sure on this show as well as later in the in the year, it would be good if India could pick one good T20 side, uh, which uh, seems to be the challenge at the moment. Hey, at least we played the same eleven guys for all five matches, which was fun. Just quickly before somebody tweets at us, it is the second most valuable league per match behind the NFL, the National Football League in America. Oh, sorry, the, the Americans call everything uh, like the World Series. I'm just surprised it's called the National Football League and the National Basketball Association. Yeah, the World I thought it'd be the World Basketball Association, the World Series because, of Baseball, the College World Series when colleges are playing, which is on right now. So anyway. Yeah. Okay, so it's the NFL, which is the American football. Honestly, it's because of when you divide the total rights per match, right? The NFL plays a lot fewer matches like the IPL, the NBA, each team plays. And the NFL is the one with the Super Bowl, which is the big advertising event. That's correct. Look at you learning American sports. Yeah, I know you guys do some, uh, you do some of that in your day job. Yeah, exactly. So, right, let's talk about the limited over series, right? Great A first off that England is sending a team to tour the Netherlands. It's always nice to see some of the smaller nations get some game time. The Netherlands is actually a pretty good ODI side right now, right? Like that's not, we don't write them off. You look down the list, you see some of the names, you see some of the the players. You're sitting there in the first ODI and you get them one for one in 1.3 overs with Roy getting out. And then it is absolute garbage, right? (laughs) The the other opener, Phil Salt and David Milan, both make centuries at more than a run of ball. But 122 off 93, 125 off 109. And then Josh Butler, who has just been in the form of his life, comes out, hits 14 sixes, seven fours, makes 162 off 70. I think they batted at about almost 18 or 19 runs per over for the last 10 overs. And they propelled to 498 for four. 498, the highest ever total in ODIs. And of course, New Netherlands had no shot. I'm not going to talk about the second innings, but talk to me about this England white ball team. I mean, what what is it about the side that has the ability to just, just come and keep smashing records like this? Yeah, I think they were about 40 short as well. They didn't really go for it. I think they held back a little bit, only ending at 498 for four. I think they, they had capacity to score a few more runs and they didn't do themselves justice really. Um, sorry, man. I mean, it was ridiculous. Well, I don't know. What is George Butler really proving there? 162 in nothing. It's great, right? I mean, of course, England are a great side and like they are the current world champions. It's probably fitting. They've broken their own record for the third time because I think they set it against um, it was something a trend but she set it against Pakistan and then they beat that and then they've beaten it again. So it was um, all three top scores in ODI cricket are currently held by England. But there's no need to do that. Like, uh, it reminded me of this game that we played a few weeks ago, right? And like, uh, the overseas pro of the other club came out. He's uh, a guy from New Zealand. And he basically, and there were some high nets. We were playing near a, near some uh, residential area. And like, there were some quite high nets that had been put up by the host club. And uh, this guy just insisted on hitting it over the net into the houses that were next to the street. And this happened once, twice, three. One of them hit the roof of the house four d- rows down. Like, it was ridiculous. Okay, uh, he's obviously quite good. He, he ended up getting 100 in like 30 balls or something. It was like, he's good. 
but you just like if you're that good just rein yourself in and make it a bit of a game <laughs> like you're saying you're saying at the i understand what you're saying about club cricket to an extent you're saying at the international level they should have been like all right we have 420 let's just defend No, I'm not saying let's just defend, but like there's no need. How many sixes did Josh Butler hit? 14. But he's seeing the ball like yeah, better than anybody. Like, Why not? I, just there's no need to hit 14 sixes. It, it was a non-contest. I mean, yeah, you're beating was, someone by coming. what? They ended with 280, right? Like, yeah. It's just dude. I mean, 260 that's not, that's not cool. Yeah, they went by 232. So. Yeah. It was, anyway. Although the interesting part for that, in for me for that game was Jason Roy was bowled by his cousin. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Wait. So their their mothers are uh, cousins from Zimbabwe. Really, Shane Snader. Yeah. Wow! Did not realize that. That's a fun. That's a fun fact. Yep. Good. Le- learned something new. So, so in a game where they scored nearly five hundred, that is the tidbit I took away. No. Clearly, I'm focusing on the right thing. I think it's a fun fact. I'm I'm a big fan. Congratulations to the England white ball team for that. They obviously they won the second match against the Netherlands as well. So they're up two zero in the series. Let's talk about the test match now. Let me let me ask you this: If I didn't give you any context and you hadn't watched it, if I told you the number one ranked team in the world bats first, makes five hundred and fifty three, then gets to bat again and makes two hundred and eighty four, if you just give me that much information, I would never have bet they lose ever. It just the math. I, I've watched Test cricket my whole life. The math doesn't feel like it makes sense that you can make five fifty three in your first innings and come out and make two eighty four in the second and not at up on top. You would assume England batted first, made eight hundred or something. And then New Zealand made two eighty four, and England had twenty runs to chase. It wasn't the case. England didn't get a lead; they were fourteen short in the first innings. New Zealand comes out, makes two eighty four, and so England is sitting there needing. I don't remember what the exact equation was. It was two hundred ninety eight, two ninety nine to win. Two ninety nine from how many overs? It was fifty within the day, right? It was it was more than fifty. They got it like, in fifty, but they yeah. they could get it in seven. They need to get it in seventy overs. In seven, seventy eight, I think. So talk me through this, right? New captain. Of course, Joe Root was was a superstar. Still is still in the side, but not not leading it anymore. Ben Stokes has done some crazy things in Test cricket before. It's like, wh- what was what do you think England was going through as they're sitting there saying, "I need two ninety nine." Many teams would be okay. What's the alternative? I got to last. I got to bat out ninety overs to to get the draw, not lose. Like, what is your thought process at that point? So this is uh, Stokes and McCallum are like the. I like the Shastri and Kohli combination a little bit to my mind. I love that. I love that. The, there's no holding back with those two guys, right? Like Stokes will give everything he has on the field. There's no going to be no backward steps, and McCallum's going to be egging him on from the sidelines. And McCallum's got the fastest Test match century, right? In in history uh, against um, Australia, I think he he, he scored. Oh, England maybe. I don't know. He scored it in his last Test match, the fastest Test match century in in, in history, and he, he's obviously uh, IPL and Johnny Bairstow's got got those runs at a ridiculous rate after T twelve runs per over by himself. Can I tell um, you a fun fact while you're talking about that? Mm. Really quick. So Johnny Bairstow obviously has just scored the second fastest Test century for England in history. Apparently, it's second fastest over. Gilbert Jessup against Australia, who made a seventy-six ball century. Johnny yeah. Bairstow made it in seventy-seven. This guy made a seventy-six ball century in nineteen oh two. Nineteen oh two, yeah. There are no yeah. real good records. It's There's also not- a black and white photo that shows up 
but when they still, put them all side by side. It is still not actually crystal clear or verifiable in a sense that he made a 76-month century. We're just we're just going off of what some journalists said at the time. Yeah. So and, poor Bairstow missed out by a ball to somebody who may or may not have actually done it. But anyway, sorry. Yeah, keep going. And, ba- and back back in those days, they used to measure your innings in minutes as well. Mm-hmm. There was like balls was not really a statistic. Mm-hmm. It would be like he scored a 60-ball 100. Yeah, so how do we know for sure? A 60-minute 100. He scored a 100 mm-hmm. within an hour or you scored 100 mm-hmm. before lunch or uh, or stuff like that. Anyway. But um, yeah, I mean, insane. Oli Pope, firstly. Basically, England learned how to score first innings runs again, right? Let's talk about Daryl Mitchell. He got 190 after mm-hmm. being dropped on like five or three or whatever. And they get, go and get 550 plus. England reply with hundreds for Oli Pope. Johnny Bairstow, Ben Stokes gets runs as well. But they collapsed. They were like looking like they were going to score 700 at one stage. They collapsed to concede a lead, which is just the most England thing to do. And that's what gives Indian fans hope for later in the summer, right? Like they were cruising at a 515 for four or something. And then it just like everything just <laughs> went and they bowled out for 539. And then New Zealand played a very curious innings. I think they were trying to go for the win within the 70 overs. Remember, this was being played um, at a similar kind of stage where India bowled them out at Lords last year within, what was it, 90, 60 overs of hell? Is that the line from Kohli? I don't remember. You, if I you don't remember, said, how will I remember? No, I think that's what Kohli said at Lords last year, right? Like, we're going to give mm-hmm. them 60 overs mm-hmm. and we, I want it all to feel like hell. But this, mm-hmm. they gave them 70 overs and it really backfired here. Yeah? <laughs> anyway, I'm sure we'll come to it, but like best oh just ridiculous. One innings. So let's I mean let's talk about that, right? Yeah. Again, I'd say Ollie Pope making the century was probably the highlight for Indian England fans. Root looked great. He has been. They still arguably, despite having a great match, probably have a little bit of an opportunity with the openers. I'm not personally convinced on Lee's and, and Crawley, but middle order looks absolutely stunning. But then yeah, second innings comes around. Crawley gets out quickly. 12 for 1, 53 for 2, 56 for 3. Joe Root, the first innings hero, is now out. And I'm looking at the score saying, okay, they're 56 and 15 overs. They're batting at about three and a half, four runs and over, so close to where they would need to be. But still, like you've lost Root, you've lost three wickets. Alex Lees gets out on 93 for 4 in 25. And then you have these two guys at the crease, Ben Stokes, the skipper, and Johnny Bairstow. 136 off just 92 balls, made seven sixes, which in this case, I guess, to your point, it was necessary. He needed to do it. He put, well, you, if your logic applies to Charles Butler, then why did Bairstow do it in 50 overs? He should have taken all 70. But it was it was carnage, man. It was unbelievable how they hit. And Ben Stokes got them over the line. Bairstow got out to uh, an edge near the end and uh, Ben Fox came out and did it. But just like, unbelievable. Like the number one test side in the world yeah. puts up so many runs on the board, gives you 299. Uh, if I was a skipper who gave an opposition team 299 to chase on a final day, I'd feel pretty good about it. That's yeah. pretty good in most yeah. situations. India gave uh, England 298 to chase on that final day with the Bumrah Shami partnership. And I mean, the best two innings was, it, it wasn't the fastest 100 by innings. It wasn't even the fastest 100 by, I mean, Baz McCollum scored is in 54 balls okay, sure. against Australia. Oh. Now it comes back to me at Christchurch, if I'm not wrong. So it wasn't that fast. It was the acceleration post T. That was breathtaking, right? These guys went short at Bairstow and he just hit everything out of Trent Bridge, which was completely ballistic. It was insane. And I mean, obviously he came out and said that the IPL had helped him for all the shit the IPL gets from English fans and English uh, writers and bloggers and whatever else. I mean, like 
this is probably one of the greatest test match his uh, test match of victories for for England have has been scripted by a guy who opens the batting in the IPL but I don't know actually I I think also I want to ask you about uh, Ben Stokes's quote saying this is the greatest win moment of my England career bigger yeah, than the, the win at Headingley bigger than the world is he just getting yeah, is he I, just getting carried away with the moment cuz it can't be right no i think it's just excitement man like i think the adrenaline was so high he was just so excited that he chose to say that i think i think everybody knows it's up there it's a great moment but it doesn't doesn't seem to surpass headingly or the like the world cup and yeah i i don't i don't think he will look back and agree necessarily but in the moment of course he was riding that very high wave so right lots happening in the international world i mean we could sit here i think sri lanka won the or lost the t20 series against australia 2-1 is now up 2-1 in the ODI series with a couple matches to go. So it's been exciting. We don't have the time to cover it all. We are going to take a quick break. We'll come right back and we'll dig, dig deeper into India, South Africa. So if you've been waiting for us to cover the India, South Africa series, stay tuned. We will be right back after this short break. Welcome back to the Edges and Sledges Cricket Podcast. Right, DJ, Rishabh Pant, Captain Rishabh Pant, disappointing arguably with the bat this series but when you're down 2-0 backs against the wall South Africa just need to win one of the last three to come back and win two matches back to back one of them exceptionally convincing by what 90 odd runs uh, 82 runs excuse me pretty good showing overall Let, let's quickly run through what happened in the matches and then just talk about how we feel about the team so the the third T20 India made 179 Ruturaj looked good Kishan looked good Hardik came out and looked pretty decent at the end. Made 179, which is a pretty good score. And then Arshal Patel and Chahal on a slow wicket just made hey, it made you made you realize the importance of bowlers. I love that I said Arshal who's a quick bowler did well on the slow wicket, but that's the reality, right? Uh that's how he bowls. And South Africa made 131, but nice to see Chelly get three wickets and Arshal get four. And then in that fourth T20, again India batted. And by the way, if the fifth match had happened, India would have batted again. Just not Rishabh Pant doesn't seem great with the toss. But uh in this match the top order didn't quite fire as well but then the bottom order played pretty good the lower order where hardik made 46 of 31 dinesh karthik who we're going to want to talk about made 55 and then then avesh khan had the the match of his life so far as an international picking up four for just 18 runs in four overs and chahal picked up another two and yeah south africa crumbled for 87 with a big big loss going into that fifth match so let me start by asking you Who is kind of your standout player in in this series for Team India? <laughs> Good question. Uh for me it's going to be DK man. You missed the episode last week where it was all about throwback and I I think I said uh, DK is like Maverick. He's been he he played India's first ever T20 international against South Africa incidentally. Against South start. Africa and he's still playing. What is it? How many years later? I think I, I saw this stat, right? 15 years 15, later? 15, 16 years maybe? Yeah, DK is still going. He's the real top gun. He's 16 real, years, he's yeah. He's the real maverick. And he has ignited a debate about whether our boy Rishabh Pant makes it into this team. After captaining it in these five games, DK has he's been waiting in the wings, biding his time. But man... when you needed him to come to the party 
he showed up and how in that 40-20 international. Plus, he, he, he did well in the other games as well when he, with the short batting that he got, he did well in the second game as well. He scored a few runs in the third game as well. So, yeah, I mean, he has done his, his selection chances absolutely no harm. So, uh, for me, the man of the series for India has been DK. Interesting. And then, let's talk about with the ball really quickly. Right? We had a couple of good, couple of good showings. I think Chahel obviously stepped up, looked good. Bhuvi, had a tough first game. Varun obviously didn't uh, didn't have the best forecast there. Where Varun suggested like, we must drop him. Drop him, and, and then he picked up three in the next game. Uh, Harshal looked pretty good. Avesh, like honestly, pretty 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 good outing all around with the ball. I don't think did Hardik bowl much this series. I don't think he bowled. Much he opened the bowling in the fourth game. Yeah, yeah. Um, but not but nothing nothing much to write home about. But who yeah. who were your highlights from a bowling standpoint? So, Avesh obviously picked up four. Bhuvi obviously picked up four in one game as well. Uh, Chehel showed a little bit of form, which was good. But yeah, I'd go with... Um, I would actually go with uh, Avesh. I think his showing uh, is going to give us a bit of a headache as to when Bumra and Shami and Bhuvi and Avesh plus Harshal, who we're going to take to Australia. Uh, but it's good. It's a good problem to have. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think the only shout-outs I would give other than DK and Avesh, like you said, is I do think Kishan deserves a little bit of a shout-out. He's been, he's blown hot and cold a little. I don't think you agree with me. Made a decent half century. Just just helped at the top of the order. So as I th- as I start thinking, like we all obviously do, about what, what does India's combination look like going into the World Cup, etc., which we're going to talk in a couple of minutes. It sounds like you disagree. You don't think Kishan... So, I think... It was our highest run scorer, I think. Yeah, but at what pace? Like, yeah. 27 of 25. Uh, and even the, the first sorry, game. In the series, he made 206 runs. Yeah. Had a strike rate of 150. Yeah, but so, that would have been inflated by a couple of innings, I think, sure, at but, the front. But th- those innings at the front were scratchy and were in losses as well. His high score would have come in a loss, right? But he made almost twice as many runs as the next Indian player. Yeah, because this, he, play, so, he plays twice as many balls as the next Indian player. But Gaikwad opened too. Gaikwad made 96. Yeah, so Gaikwad, we're not, we're not having a conversation about Gaikwad getting on that flight, are we? Okay. All right. we, I don't know. There are people who would say that. He looked good in that first match. Yeah, but Rohit's going to come back. Okay. There's no yeah. there's no chance he gets on the flight. Lot, lots of debates to hear there. But yeah, um, yeah anything else to, before we get into no, the No, I'm a Kishan yeah. fan. I yeah, love yeah, Kishan. Course, I yeah. love the guy. He's just not... This was his series that he just needed to grab onto it. The quick bowlers... Play the short ball well. For me, actually, the loser of this series has been Shreyas Ayer. Mm, interesting. He's been shown up against a short ball. He got out again to, I think it was Jansen in the fourth fourth uh, game. Yeah. I think he's going to struggle to get onto that that flight. Uh, and it's he's been shown up and they've identified the weakness and it, the IPL have exploited it. International teams know it. And unless he fixes that, which... You haven't got that much time to do, so I think he'll struggle. Very interesting. Yeah, I, I actually don't think I disagree with that. It's unfortunate because he's had such a great international run before this. He had a decent IPL and yeah, just didn't show up here. But DJ, let's talk now. Let's have the, the wonderful coveted debate in the last few minutes of this week's episode about India's lineup for the T20 World Cup. So let us start. And again, it, it's pending some injury stuff. Rahul, unfortunately, has had to go get surgery overseas, I think somewhere in Europe, which we wish him well, and hopefully he's fully recovered by then. Assuming 100% fitness across the board. Do you have a sense for where where you go with India's T20 lineup? I, I To be honest, I don't exactly know. So I'm curious where, where your head is at on that. So 
Rohit will come back because he's captain. Okay. He will go up at top of the order. The question for me is who will open the batting with him? And if he's fully fit, the answer to that is KL Rahul opens the batting with him. Okay. But there's one caveat to that which we'll come to. Virat Kohli will come in at number 3 okay. because if you lose an early wicket, you need someone to anchor the innings. Surya Kumar Yadav will be number 4. Yeah. I'm just writing really quick. Yeah. Rohit yeah. Rahul Virat Sky. Okay. Rishabh Pant number 5. Interesting. Hardik Pandya number 6, okay. DK number 7. Oh, well, 6 7 is sure. interchangeable. Yeah. Yeah. Jadeja at 8. Yeah. Then Harshal, Harshal at 9. Okay. 9. Chahal, Bobby Bumrah. There's only one spot or there two? There's two, right? DK Yeah, so so Bumrah. No, sorry. That yeah, yeah. Chahal and Bumrah. Yeah, Chahal and Bumrah. So you are the, relying on five from Hardik So it, so that's that's the question right so can <laughs> you, you play this is a no so, disclaimer no, no, the, no this yeah. is this is this is But the sorry. point yeah. can you play pant dk and rahul yeah. in the same 11 yeah. and that's where so this is where the kishan question is not even going to arise yeah because the best 11 has has a has an yeah. issue yeah. with with you can't bowl pandya for five overs so he's he's he needs to be the sixth bowler and therefore the only spot for 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 pant is either right up on top partnering with with rohit yeah. or he goes out for dk <clears throat> and dk is a more reliable yeah. player or kl takes the gloves you know that you pant plays uh, but but pant then opens the batting and kl bats low you get left hand sorry, right but hand but that's not going to happen Like, yeah, but so, we wish so, it happened so, we wish we wish no, it happened right. so many years ago what i think you've just listed is what you think will happen Yeah. So I, what, I, what would I you what would you like to happen? What would I like to happen? Is, And this is a contentious um, because you might yeah, you might drop Rohit, you might drop Virat, you might drop Yeah, him. so I think I think what I would like to happen is one of Rohit and Virat to play because I don't think we okay. need them both in this okay. side. And if that is the direction that we're taking with this conversation, <laughs> given that one of them captains the team, the guy that we love the most on this show which we've been like banging on about for the last I don't know how 200 40 episodes about how much we love Virat Kohli does he find a spot in this but but then are you going to make Kohli sit out for Pant I mean that's that's the question that that's the question that you ask I think you might get cancelled on Twitter DJ I don't know I should cancel myself <laughs> I'm saying will Rishabh Pant sit out or will Virat Kohli sit out Plus, you're finished interesting but so, the, I, I don't you think DK deserves this spot I mean he's done everything he's had a fantastic IPL He's had a fantastic return to Team India. He's done what he's done in Nidahas. He's got the experience. You can see him contributing on the field. He's quick in the field. He's fit enough. He's willing to contribute. There was an interview with Kohli, right? Him saying, I want to go back to Team India. There's a World Cup coming up. I want to be back in that team. But again, the issue with having Rahul, Rohit, Kohli as the top three is guess what? These guys were the top three last time around. And how did that work out? You didn't qualify for the playoffs. Oh, they I should be calling them the semi-finals in the 2020. So, questions, man. Questions, questions. So, I think uh, I I think I'll probably get cancelled. If I don't get cancelled on Twitter, I'll get cancelled by my my own brother who'll disown me. But I actually think, based on where we are today, if you are going to penalize somebody like Shreyas for the IPL and for the South Africa series, and we have a big England series coming up and more cricket, so there'll be more assessment. If you're going to not not think about somebody like Shreyas on that, if you're going to be 50-50 on Kishan because of something, I do not think Rishabh Pant plays. I do not think Hardik can be relied on consistently for five overs, maybe one or two matches. 
But, no, you can't. There, but, there's no question of but that. There isn't. So for me, and and to your point on Rohit, Rahul, and Virat being the top three, you're right. They're the top three. I think this is this is this is it, sort of right. Now we can argue the merits of whether they should get one more chance or not. I think they will, and I think the BCCI will go out there with this the same three. The, like they've already changed skipper. They'll go out with their there with the same strategy. They'll give more license. I think Sky Pandya DK is a different level of hitting in the middle to lower order. So I think the top three will stay. And they'll just be told this is it. And if we don't win, win or come close to winning this World Cup, then I think the writing's on the wall. And especially when you layer on, okay, red ball and white ball teams may be different next year, IPL window. Rohit, Rahul, and Virat will probably all prioritize red. Like we can play a team like Kishan and Guy Quad and these guys all to play white ball cricket. And those guys will prioritize red. So I think the team as of today, which is probably going to change a million times, it's probably Rohit, Rahul, Kohli, Sky, Pandya at five because that's where he's excelled. Okay, yeah, fair because you've then got it. I'm just, Pant, right? yeah, yeah, I'm going Pandya at five, DK six, Jadeja seven. I think Jadeja yeah, is yeah. talented enough to bat yeah, at seven. Yeah. And then the interesting question is for eight, nine, ten, eleven. You've already got Pandya and Jadeja as bowlers, so I think Bumrah, of course, Arshal, of course. I think Chahal of uh, does come in as well. And then on on be heavily spinning wickets, I think somebody like an Ashwin maybe gets it. Yeah, sh- Ashwin might, but it's Australia, so... Yeah, but because because Ashwin and the team gives you batting till eight, I think they'll yeah. go between Ashwin and Bovi probably. Because either of yeah, those but, guys but can but Ashwin it. might be a, a slow mover in the field on those big rounds. That's true. So, that anyway, that, that, is, that one is TBD. But it's shocking, but I think Pant goes. And honestly, I think if he gets a spot in, it'll be at the cost of Sky. I think that'll be the that f- number four not, D, not DK. Because they're playing different roles, right? They're, Man, they're playing, the finisher, playing the finisher role. The way DK has set himself up as finisher in T20s in, for India, then in okay. T20s again for uh, KKKR. Yeah. And now he's just, now he got one opportunity to see and my God, sorry, what did I say? <laughs> KKR, KKR last year. He was good last year with KKR. Yeah. Then with RCB. And now, uh, just with, I just, I don't think you can drop a guy who can give uh, you that unique And role. so you started the question within an ideal world, what would your 11 be? In an ideal world, Rohit and Kohli would excuse themselves from mm-hmm. this World Cup and let the young guys do their thing. In an ideal world, Shikhar would play for me. Shikhar and Manish Pandey would be in your top three. In in your top three, <laughs> <laughs> scoring at 78 per 100 balls. Yeah, but, but, being, but that, averaging in my, 50. In my ideal world, that's what yeah. would happen. Yeah. Yeah. If we lose this World T20 like we did last year, I cannot see Rohit Sharma and Virat Kohli justifying their spots. Unless KL Rahul, need... to my mind, plays a different role for India T20. He mm-hmm. scores much faster than the IPL. He's got his mm-hmm. critics in the IPL, yeah. which are fair. They're yeah. fair criticisms. Yeah. He's an anchor, bat slowly. But he scored hundreds for India in, in the T20 game going from ball one. He has the fastest IPL 50 as well. He can bat in that way if he wants to. And he does that for Team India in the knowledge that he has a Kohli or somebody else or a Sky coming after him. I feel like between now and October, Indes, this is going to be the big debate. Yeah. And it's I, I, know, I know Shami. Huh? We've not talked Shami oh, either. Oh man, I guess instead of where I said Bobby, I think Shami is going to be in the consideration. And and no Umran Malik because we didn't play him. We played the same 11. What is Rahul Dravid doing? Why you are we playing to... the same Man, I don't think you could criticize games. We criticize when they chop and change too much. I don't, I don't. But for five think. games, you need to play the same side? Give them a shot. I, th- I don't think Arshdeep and Umran, you can argue they both deserved their spot. But when you lost two, if you started making changes then, then we would have been, and we kept losing, you would have been critical. You should, you could sit here and say, we lost two, we persisted and we won the next two. Yeah, fair. So, 
So I'm supportive of that. This is a meaningless bilateral too, man. It's India, South Africa. Bilateral. Like this is the time. But we don't know whether it's Paytm or not. Unclear if it's Paytm or not. Somebody <laughs> will write it to us to confirm. But anyway. This so what what did you think of Pun's captaincy though? I mean, because we were critical of his captaincy in the first two games in the last show. Varun and I, we were like, looks a little bit lost. Hadn't finished Chels, overs. Um, I mean, he's bad at tossing. Clearly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, what Rish, what Dravid has come out and said is it's too early to judge, which I do kind of agree with. I don't, if you ask me what do I think of Pun's captaincy off of him being Delhi's captain, plus these five games, I'm not I'm not too impressed with it. Right? Like I sit here saying, I don't think he's the right leader for Delhi. <laughs> he's a great commercial asset, great batsman for Delhi. He's been great for us over the years. I don't think he's the best captain we, we would have had. I think I would have retained Treyas in a different world, etc. But... I don't think Pant is going to need to be captain. I think now when you when you look down the list and say, of course, Virat did his time. Now Rohit, then Rahul. Then, gosh, you look at the IPL winning captain right now. You have to consider that in Hardik. the white ball format, somebody like a Hardik, he, is just, he was the first captain ever and he won the IPL. It was his first time being captain and he won the IPL. So I don't think even in a world where we have a separate white ball team where Rishabh is in. A, sorry, if we separate white and red ball cricket, Rishabh plays red, unquestionably. He's a much better red ball player for India than he's a white ball player. B, I think I don't think he's going to need to be in the list. So, so I, I, I wasn't super impressed. I don't think I'm super critical of his captaincy, but I don't think he's going to need to do much of it. But then we, we've also basically, if we're saying he's not going to be in the playing eleven, he'll be in the squad going to Australia. There's no doubt in my mind that hundred percent, hundred percent. I'm if, saying if you if pick he, eleven, yeah, yeah. If he's not going to be in the first eleven, what is the message we're sending him? That you were captain six months ago, but you're not going to be good enough to be in the eleven in in Australia. This this is the sort of stuff. It's so hard. There's yeah. so much no, talent it. in India, and like he's been mistreated. He's finally found his feet in like mm-hmm. Test match cricket. He's making his way into white ball cricket, and then will it be? A, I'm asking Listen, because we, we love well, our boy. We, will it be a setback for our boy? Who do we play? We play after, next. We play England for three T20s, I think. Then we play Ireland for hard. two. Then we play West Indies for three, four, five, excuse me. And then we go to the World Cup. So that's 10 more matches for India, right? That's plenty to get a read. But so like to your point, if he can, if he does great in the, in the next 10 T20 matches, that's a very different discussion. I'm saying if he continues at this trajectory, even though he captained against in this one series, I don't think it's a bad message or unfair to say, listen, you haven't been playing at the level. Like the bar is high for India because of the depth yeah. we have. So, yeah, yeah. it's just a different... You've, you've got to pick players on form, I guess. That's not reputation. I think that, that's the point that correct. we're trying to make. Correct, right? correct. Agree. Pick a DK because he's scoring runs, he's in form. Pick him. I don't know whether you give him the gloves or not. But Pant is also getting out in the same way. Like Maharaj hangs it outside off stump. Yeah. He swings at it and he gets yeah. caught on the off yeah. stump. And thing. it's so irritating. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway... Okay, we've had right. a discussion. We can keep going on and on, but we got to wrap up this week's episode. DJ, it's been a lot of fun. This will be a continued debate. I think I think our next cricket, which I think we're going to go, what, like 12, 13 days without Team India playing, which is unbelievable. Yeah. But that's because there's some warm-up matches in there. But yeah, the fifth test. It's weird to call it a fifth test, but the rescheduled fifth test is going to start on July 1st. That's going to be a great match. Team India uh, versus Team England with the, the red ball. It's going to be very exciting. I think they're playing at Birmingham. Also, Ground India has played a lot at. Lots of fond memories, lots of not great memories, like Champions Trophies, etc. Imagine if Kohli comes back 
it'll be after three and a half years goes a hundred against Jimmy. It's the ball off of Jimmy. It's incredible. Jimmy's <laughs> going to be there. Kohli's going to be there. Root's going to be there. Siraj's going to be there. It's going to be fun, man. It's going to be a good. Time. I can't wait for Test cricket to start again. Right, but between now and then, we'll see you at least one more time. We'll be talking some of the other stuff happening in the world of cricket. Probably get into more heated debates about. A hypothetical T20 lineup that won't uh, <laughs> won't become anything for another four months, but that's the beauty of what we do. So, yeah. thank you everybody for listening. As always, at one tip one hand on all social media, like uh, this episode, subscribe if you're watching us on YouTube, and leave us a review, and you might uh, see it right out on the air. And tell us Pant or DK or both. Yes, that is the right. theme for this week's show. That's it. All right, thank you everybody for listening, and we will see you next week. Hello, 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 everybody. It's been another great week on the IBM Podcast Network. On What the Hell Navya, Jaya Bachchan, Shwetananda, and Navya herself dish out stories from their childhood. They discuss tough love between parents and their kids. On Pesa Vesa, Anupam talks to Baman Irani, President-elect Kredai, and Chairman and MD at Rustamji. They discuss the concept of buy versus rent and how to approach buying property in 2022. On Cock and Bull, Cyrus is joined by Meghnath and comedian Shad Shafi. They discuss their opinions on the ongoing Congress presidential elections and Prashant Kishore embarking on a padyatra. On the Life Manifesto, Zarina narrates a story that advocates that stress and emotions are not to be controlled but must be beautifully managed. And on the Filter Coffee podcast, Karthik is joined by Yashraj Akashi. Senior Ambassador of the TEDx Program and Curator of TEDx Gateway. They discuss the origin story of TED and its franchise model. Guys, go to our website, ivmpodcast.com. You can check out the merch store, also links to all of our social media stuff, which is at IVM Podcast. Also, do check out our YouTube channels. We have a number of channels with many of your favorite shows available as full video podcasts. Finally, we'd like to thank our sponsors this week, Volvo XC40 Recharge, Bumble, Heads Up for Tails, and HDFC Mutual Fund. Thank you so much for making this possible. Do you often find yourself surrounded by conversations about Web3, blockchain, NFTs, DAOs? What are these terms and how do they affect our future on the internet? So many questions, but don't worry, we've got answers to all your questions. Hi, I'm Eklavya Bhattacharya and on our show Future Proofing, we try to decode the impact of these future technologies on various industries with experts and tech enthusiasts. Tune into new episodes coming out every Thursday on the IBM Podcast app and the website or wherever you get your podcasts from. Working Monday to Friday glued to your chair making you feel dull? Worry not. Get your 5-minute weekly dose of travel around the world with postcards from nowhere. Join me every Thursday as I explore the strange, obscure and fascinating parts of the world and bring out facets of travel you may not have thought of before. You can find us on the IBM Podcast app, website, or wherever you get your podcast from.